Welcome to Tech Talk for Teachers. I'm your host, Paul Beckerman. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. What's in the toolkit? What? What is in the toolkit? What's in the toolkit? Check it out. The topic of today's episode is popping filter bubbles. You know, the internet is an amazing tool. Type in a search query into Google and you'll get hundreds of millions of results in a fraction of a second. Hop on your favorite social media site and quickly catch up with friends and relatives, some who might live many miles away or that you haven't seen for years. Look for a book on Amazon and it seems like it's reading your mind, giving you recommendations of books that you might enjoy. And some look pretty good. The same goes for recommendations on your favorite movie or music streaming site. While many of us enjoy these conveniences every day, it's important to remember that few things in life are completely free. And that applies to these handy services as well. Someone, somewhere, is paying for huge computer farms to store all this information and spending huge amounts of money to create sophisticated programs that allow us to search, access information, and connect with each other. Most commonly, the companies who provide these services try to make a profit from advertising. If you think about it, social media sites and search engines are probably the most sophisticated and targeted advertising tools in history. Advertisers want information about us. After all, the better they know their audience, the better they can target their products to those who are most likely to purchase them. When we set up our social media accounts, we willingly fill out our profile information, freely giving away information like our likes and our dislikes, demographics about us, our hobbies, and and more. This is the same valuable information that companies have long paid big money to acquire. While we give away this information on our social media profiles, websites and internet browsers use sophisticated algorithms to collect data from us every time we use that service. These algorithms compile information every time we log into our accounts, conduct an internet search, click a link, or make a purchase. With every keystroke, information is being logged about our location, our interests, our search query history, and online tendencies. This data, as well as many more data points, is funneled into sophisticated formulas and algorithms that often determine what information we will see next. Because of this, two people conducting the same online search will undoubtedly receive a different list of results and in a differently prioritized order. Their individual results are shaped by the information collected about them and fed into the algorithm. For instance, if I search the word Vikings while I'm in Minnesota, I'll probably get results about the professional football team. Whereas if I search Vikings while I'm in Norway, I'll more likely get results about the seafaring people from Scandinavia. In this case, my location shaped the results I got. Now in this example, the stakes are pretty low. But what if a person's results push critical information or an opposing viewpoint off the main page? That person might never see that information. And that information could be important in shaping a fully informed decision. Granted, companies are trying to turn a profit, and they want you to keep coming back. To increase the likelihood that you return, they give you what you think you will want. It's no accident that after I visit a music store online and browse for guitars, that I see an increase in ads trying to sell me guitars, oftentimes the exact same model I was looking at. 
This might be really helpful when I'm trying to find a product that I bought a month before or that I'm trying to find a product that I previously browsed for or maybe relocate a website I had accessed. However, this algorithmic redirection can also have negative consequences. If we only see information that aligns with what we've previously been seeking and consuming, it's much less likely that we'll be introduced to new or conflicting ideas. While it's a lot more comfortable to get information that we always agree with, it can narrow our perspectives and limit our understanding by constantly feeding us the same type of information with similar viewpoints. Eli Pariser greatly increased the awareness of this phenomenon in his TED Talk titled, Beware Online Filter Bubbles. In his talk, he specifically calls out the impact of social media. Like search engines, these platforms attempt to give you what you want in order to keep you coming back. By logging your clicks, likes, and searches, they give you more results that are similar to those that you've previously interacted with and fewer results that diverge from your past browsing history. If you block a follower, you'll get less of that type of information. In this way, the information that you're seeing and consuming becomes more and more homogenous, and it can begin to insulate you in your personal filter bubble of like-minded information. Filter bubbles are great for targeting advertising streams and maximizing profits, but they can also be damaging. Filter bubbles can give us an unrealistic impression that everyone believes the same as we do, and it can lead to confirmation bias, or the interpretation of new information as a confirmation or reinforcement of what we already believe. If we never see or read anything from a different perspective, it's really easy to rationalize that everyone else shares the same perspective as we do. If it's all we see, it's all we know. So this is a significant challenge for a democracy where voters are trusted with making informed decisions at the voting booth. To be informed, we need all the information. How do I use, How do I use Integration inspiration. Integration ideas. So how do we begin to pop our own personal filter bubbles? And how do we help our students gain the necessary skills for navigating an online world of algorithms that filter the information we see? Let's take a look at 10 ways that we can do this. Number one, we should understand that information is being filtered. That's the first step and part of the intent of this podcast episode. Number two, we can intentionally seek out opposing viewpoints. This might mean purposefully searching for an opposing viewpoint. Number three, we can seek news from a variety of sources. We all know that each news source has some degree of bias. It's important that we go to multiple sources of news to get multiple perspectives. Number four, we should evaluate the credibility of the information sources we use. We should consciously ask ourselves, where is this information coming from? Is that source credible and trustworthy? What's their motive for giving me that information? Number five, be a critical consumer of information and ideas. As I mentioned, everyone has some degree of bias. To identify it, be on the lookout for things like loaded words or unbalanced reporting on an issue or maybe over or under reporting on a topic. These can all be evidence of unbalanced or slanted information. Number six, don't avoid the hard conversations. Engage in them. Yeah, this can be uncomfortable but it's necessary if we're going to have well-rounded and fully informed opinions. I need to hear from people who don't agree with me to fully understand if my opinions are correct. Number seven, don't unfriend those who disagree with you. I'm guilty of this at times, but
but this action teaches social media sites what content you want to see, and then they'll feed you more of it, limiting your access to opposing viewpoints. Number eight, use ad-blocking browser extensions. This can reduce the number of cookies or downloaded activity trackers on your computer that sites collect about your online activity. Number nine, use incognito browsing. Most browsers let you do this. It's not perfect, but it can help to reduce activity tracking. And number 10, you can use search engines like DuckDuckGo that don't track your online activity and have a commitment toward user privacy. You know, the internet is a magical and mysterious place. We often take it for granted, interacting with it many times a day with very little thought. However, if we are to be good digital citizens, we really need to slow down for a moment and understand how information is being filtered for us. While there's no way to be certain exactly what information is being filtered out, we can take steps to begin demystifying the online experience and perhaps begin to pop our information bubbles. To learn more about today's topic and explore other free resources, visit avidopenaccess.org. And of course, be sure to join Rena, Winston, and me every Wednesday for our full-length podcast, Unpacking Education, where we are joined by exceptional guests and explore education topics that are important to you. Thanks for listening. Take care. And thanks for all you do. You make a difference. <laughs>